The week started on a cautious note, as all eyes are on today's U.S. inflation data, which will either give the green light for a further rally in the U.S. stock markets or call for at least a minor correction at the current and overbought levels. So welcome. This is Swiss Code's Daily Market Talk. So the week started on a positive note on this side of the Atlantic Ocean and well, on quite a mixed note on the American side. Equities in Europe were better bid on Monday's trading session, fueled by luxury stocks like LVMH, for example, which added 14 points to the stock's index after Hermes hit a record high last week on strong quarterly results. Then the Dutch Adyen extended last week's post-earning gains as well, adding around 34 points to the stock's 600 index, while Arm Holdings jumped another 30% on Monday's trading session after jumping more than 50% in the immediate aftermath of releasing its own quarterly results. So all this to tell you that the rally that we see today in the European and in the U.S. stock markets are well, somehow shouldered by a super and a robust market reaction to encouraging corporate results. And for the U.S., 75% of the companies that have already reported results in the S&P 500 reported a better-than-expected EPS. So this number is below the 5-year average of 77%, but above the 10-year average of 74% according to Factset. And more importantly, the EPS beat improved last week in the S&P 500 compared to a week ago. So a part of the stock euphoria that we see today is fueled by earnings, but a part of it is supported by the rate outlook. And that's getting on slippery ground with every single Federal Reserve official adding his or her pinch of hawkishness into the mix these days. Because yesterday, the Fed's Michel Bowman said that the interest rates are in a good place to keep pressure on inflation and that there is no need to ease these rates anytime soon. And likewise, Richmond Fed's Thomas Barkin said that well, they are closing in on inflation, but that they are not there just yet. This being said, well, the New York Fed's latest inflation survey came with a good surprise on Monday. The one and five year expectations remain unchanged from the month before, but the three year inflation expectations in the US fell to the lowest level on record to 2.35%. So that's pretty much what the Fed is working so hard to achieve. And while these inflation expectations are very, very important to keep the actual inflation numbers under control. Because if you can keep these inflation expectations under control, well, you can pretty much avoid the wage inflation spiral and really keep yourself out of that trouble. So these encouraging inflation expectations from the US gives some hope to the Fed's 
uh, to be able to start cutting the interest rates despite strong growth and despite strong spending in the U.S. sometime this year, as the Fed banker's goal is not to hammer the U.S. economy per se, because if inflation goes down because growth is strong and supply is ample, well, that's pretty much a jackpot for the Fed. So this is where we are today. The expectation of five rate cuts from the Fed this year is, well, no longer the base case scenario in the market. Investors now see four rate cuts instead being more likely scenario at this time of the year. But that's still four rate cuts for this year with the first rate cut price in at nearly 50-50% for May and almost fully for the June meeting. So these probabilities could change today in one way or the other with the latest inflation update from the US. So the headline inflation in the US is expected to fall below 3% in January and core inflation in the US is seen easing to 3.7%. A softer than expected sets of inflation data from the US will likely boost the May rate cut expectations, keep the US dollar index below the 100-day moving average and support equity. Whereas an unwanted upward surprise in inflation numbers should further hammer the May rate cut expectations from the Fed and shift focus to the June meeting. In this case, we could see the US dollar index finally drill through the thick 100-day moving average offers and maybe also some profit taking in the S&P 500 stocks. Now, I came across a very interesting graph from DataTrack that spots the S&P 500's forward 12-month P/E ratio since 2000. To highlight that, the forward P/E ratio for the S&P 500 stocks rose above the 20 level, and that this ratio has never been this high except for the 2000s dot-com bubble and except for the post-pandemic rally. In other words, the chart warns that the good and strong earnings from the S&P 500 companies explain a part of the price rally, sure, but the rest could be just speculation. But speculation or not, every time the S&P 500 crosses above an important level, like 2,000, 3,000 or 4,000, well, gains just continued. And you don't need data or you don't need numbers to prove it, right? You just look at the chart and it's exponential. And the same thing is not true elsewhere because the UK's FTSE 100 and the European stock 600 indices have just more stable valuations over decades. I mean, the FTSE 100 index almost doubled in value in the past two decades. And the stock 600 index is up by 137% since 2000s. But these performances are clearly dwarfed by a more than 450% rise in the S&P 500 index. So you ask, why would it change now? Look, the biggest European companies are from the pharmaceutical and energy sectors, are from food and beverage like Nestle and luxury goods like Hermes and LVMH. Whereas the giants of the other side of the Atlantic Ocean are from the big technology sector. So who do you think has the bigger potential to grow? How much bags and how much bottles of champagne Louis Vuitton should sell to compete with the amount of money that an AI boosted company will make by changing the world and the way we do things? I mean, the answer is before our eyes, right? Of course, it's the Louis Vuitton bags and champagne that will change the world. Anyway, joke aside, well, the answer is right in front of your eyes. 
In the energy space, while American crude consolidates gains above the $77 per barrel level and is preparing to test the 200-day moving average to the upside, trend and momentum indicators are supportive of a move above this level. Now, Aramco says, well, it sees robust global oil demand this year. OPEC and IEA will be releasing their own forecasts and predictions today and on Thursday, respectively. Of course, of course, the predictions from OPEC should be well expected to be somehow rosier than the reality because well, OPEC has all the interest in the world to fill these oil prices with good news. But but the strong U.S. growth and decent, decent Chinese stimulus are indeed positive for supply and demand dynamics in the oil markets. But oil prices or oil price really is a double-edged sword because good growth is good for global demand and could push these oil prices higher. Yes, but, but, but higher oil prices are not good for easing inflation and any U-turn in inflation numbers would get the major central banks like the Federal Reserve and like the European Central Bank to further tighten their purses strings and that would hit the growth prospects and hammer a potential oil rally. So that means that a rally above the $80 per barrel level could be hard to sustain for the US crude if if the Chinese stimulus story fails to gain enough traction. So this is all for today. I'm Ipek Oskar and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful and supportive comments. I hope this episode of Market Talk has been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below. As usual, follow us on Instagram, on X and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. And please do not forget to hit that like button on these videos to let us know that you do enjoy these videos. So I will meet you again tomorrow. And until then... Good day trading.